following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. You're listening to Common Debauchery with your hosts, The Nightmare and Rotten Jack. <laughs> Common debauchery may contain mature subject matter and is intended for adult listeners only. Listener discretion is advised. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Common Debauchery. I am the Nightmare, and I am joined by the rottenest of the jacks, the jackists of the rottens. What's going on, buddy? The jackest of the rottens? What the fuck? I don't make the rules. I just talk. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. So, uh, it's October. Yeah. It's finally October. It's officially Officially. October. It's everyone else is starting to feel spooky season. We've been doing this for a month. Yeah. Now it's, uh, we're up, we're doing it. Well, for me, like spooky season, it's not just a season. It's a lifestyle. True story. True story. Uh, Halloween's not a holiday. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, I agree with that. And I get more and more into it every year. Um, you know, uh, eventually, I'd like to decorate the front of my house for Halloween. I say that, and then I remember that having to do it and take it down and everything is just not fun. But, right. The thought of it is great. Right. But really cool. The, the, but then, like, you think of all the awesome things you can do and all the awesome, like, props and stuff you're going to put up, and then you're like, you get to the part where you're thinking about building said props or taking them down taking and storing them, down them for and the year. Putting and... them up, and you're just like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. Never mind. Ugh. But it's good. We're here. We made it. Yes. Made it to October. Uh, So what's the topic today, buddy? Uh, What are we doing? Uh, It's spooky, like... Mythical creatures, uh, creatures of lore. Yes. Things like that. Yep. So we talked about urban legends last week, two weeks ago, and we were kind of disappointed because a lot of, like, there were some creepy ones, there were some spooky ones, but there were ones that were just, were just meh. Yeah, there were a lot of really, really just straight dumb ones. Yeah. Like, really? Like, uh, what was it? Florida. Like, yeah, Florida was disappointing. Like, Florida is, like, top of the game of everything else. And then, like, their top urban legend that this list had was just like, really? That's it? Like, yeah. I expected so much better from Florida. Yeah, I wanted, like, meth head alligator with, like, right? four arms and walked upright. Yeah. And they gave me, like... What it was like a car that looks like it's moving forward when it's actually going or something. I don't yeah, know. Something dumb. Stupid. Yeah. Like we're talking about a state that has like people smoking bath salts and eating each other's faces. And that's the best urban legend you came up with. Right. I declare bullshit. I mean, all you got to do is like just Google Florida man and it's just a treasure trove. Oh, God. It's so good. So um, what we did is instead of going into an article and kind of like reading things off to you guys, we did some research of our own. Uh, we did some reading of our own prior to, so this will be more conversational, we're hoping, trying to get back to a more uh, back-and-forth type conversation. Uh, and what we did is we both picked a list of mythological creatures, and we're going to discuss them back and forth. Yes. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, where should I start? I guess we'll just start with one that on the top of my head, uh, the Wendigo. I, this one is fantastic. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of lore about the Wendigo, and depending on where you're looking, um, there's a lot of variations in the lore. Um, but most commonly, um, the Wendigo is an Algonquin Indian, like an, an Algonquin native, um, like lore. It, it it comes from the Algonquins, the Algonquin uh, tribe, the Algonquin if you will. tribe. Um, so anything. Native American lore, uh, it's old. It's very, very old. Uh, yes. So, And a lot of it's really cool. Th- yeah, the deeper you get into any kind of Native American lore, um, it gets very, very interesting. Some of it's really, really dark and really, really like kind of twisted and stuff like that. But yep. uh, it's very, very interesting. Uh, so the Wendigo is said to be a creature that used to be a person. Right. Um Oftentimes, um, a person becomes a Wendigo due to hardship and uh, like hard circumstances during like harsh winters. Yes. So uh, the Wendigo is associated with 
the north, the cold, stuff like that. Um, they're they're uh, popular in like uh, Canada and around the Great Lakes region and um, kind of like the Midwest. Um, but basically, uh, to become a Wendigo, one must be uh, in like kind of like dire situations in the cold and uh, it's, it's kind of the result of um, resorting to cannibalism that once that that's, that's the lore, man. I'm laughing because I looked up pictures of the Wendigo because yeah. it, it's fascinating. Like essentially it's a humanoid deer hybrid. Yes. Um, sometimes it was said that the, like, obviously I'll let you go further into this, but like, whether it was a, a, a person wearing a deer skull on their head, which is why they were then depicted with antlers. Um, other ones, like some of them are super creepy. Some of them are just kind of meh and mm-hmm. all the all around, like just a spooky, spooky idea. But uh, amongst these pictures, Joe Biden is not the Wendigo, said Joe Biden. <laughs> what? And it's a picture comparing a Wendigo to Joe Biden. And it's it, uh, what the fuck? Don't ask the internet stuff. No. Nothing good happens from asking no. the internet. We found out that out the hard way. Yes. But uh, anyway, well, continue. Uh, yeah. So, like, it's a result of cannibalism. Um, they say that, like, the more um, you participate in because of those dire situations, um, the more you transition into becoming a Wendigo. And a Wendigo <laughs> is a basically like a mindless creature that uh, roams the forests and the woods and stuff like that. Um, like I said, they're commonly seen like in Canada, like around the Great Lakes region and like kind of like the Midwest where it's like very like wooded and everything like that. Right. Um, the be- There's some differences in description, like you said, um, based on like height and stuff like that, whether or not these things actually do have like antlers or if they're more humanoid stuff like that um obviously because no one's ever really truly seen one or at least the people who claim to have seen them like who really knows if they did or if they're just making it up right um there's really no full consensus on what these things actually look like um but there's also differences depending on where you're reading on like the abilities of these creatures right um some claim that they have like immense speed and strength and stuff like that. Others say they're more like kind of like dull and docile uh, and, and stuff I, like that. I believe one of the things I heard about them was they either um, use an actual voice or telepathically make you think you're hearing a voice yes. calling you to them yes. to, so they can turn you into a Wendigo. I was just about to get into that. Sorry, um, didn't mean to jump the, uh, the, the, that, and That's probably the creepiest thing about them. Is you'll be out in the woods by yourself or you know with your group or whatever, uh, they can uh, reportedly mimic human voices, right? Um, so they might sound like a child or a woman crying in the woods. So now you and your your buddy go off to investigate, and Bob's your uncle. You're now being eaten by a Wendigo. Yeah. Now being eaten by a Wendigo doesn't turn you into one. They just literally eat you. Like that. That's not how it works. They just kill you and eat you. Right. Um, but there's also a lot of theories that, uh, I don't know, we touched on this with, uh, one of the episodes with like the national park services, Yes. Uh, with all the cave systems throughout the United States, like deep in like these national, national parks, like par- uh, parts of the country that are not heavily uh, populated, not heavily populated, not developed like they are as they are, as they were naturally. Yeah. And a lot of them, I mean, we all know that they were. This entire country was Native American land at one point. Yes. And uh, then, so, we, then we made it where it wasn't. A lot of theories are that um, the Wendigos were one of the reasons that the National Park Service was created to try to steer people away from uh, these kind of like uncharted caves and stuff like that. Like, not that anyone was, you know, not just getting lost on their own. I'm sure enough people were just getting lost on their own in there. But, but really, the, the egos were were probably a, just like a, a factor. Well, and, and the scariest part of that is not just people wandering off on their own and getting lost, but like never seen again, never found, never like exactly. remains weren't found. Nothing. Nothing. Like just so boop off the face of the earth. Gone forever. Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Come on, man. That's funny. <laughs> that's a, a shout out to Coach Kent Murphy there. But uh. Yeah, the Wendigo is definitely cool. Um, 
Now, I will preface this by saying, or I will finish this by saying that uh, some believe that it is absolutely terrible to actually speak the creature's name. Oh, so we done fucked up. Yeah, so by us saying it so many times, apparently that's supposed to like like summon it and like cool. invite it towards us and shit like that. Not um, looking forward to hunting season anymore. But uh, I don't know how much <laughs> I really believe in that, but... Well, I'll let you know how hunting season goes when I'm in the woods alone for 12 hours a day for four days. If I don't hear from you after hunting season, I will... Uh, stay away from the woods? Yeah, I'll stay away from the woods and I'll say nice things at your funeral. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate I'll that. I'll make sure we uh, give you a nice Viking send Yeah, off. send me off the right way. I mean, I don't think we can afford uh, a real like Viking like ship. Just, and just I'm going to put you out on like a little floaty and put a sparkler in your ass or something. All right, now it's awkward. Uh, my first one is going to be the devil. Ooh. So this is of obviously uh, Catholic Christian type religion. Um, but the interesting part of this is there are uh, we've heard of Lucifer, mm-hmm. we've heard of Satan, uh, the through, through Beelzebub, di- Beelzebub, um, and people are you know often use those names interchangeably when they're speaking of the devil. They're actually all different people. Yes. Uh, so Lucifer is, is a fallen angel. He is the twin brother of Michael, the archangel. Uh, he was viewed as being the wisest, greatest, and most beautiful of all the angels, second only to God himself. And uh, he ended up leading the rebellion in hell, which was started because he started questioning God. Here's the fun part. The stuff he was questioning God about was predestination or the lack of free will for for humans. Right. Um. And because of all that, he ended up falling from heaven to be the ruler of hell. So he essentially looked at his creator and said, predestination is stupid. Why do all of these beings exist to simply follow a path you've already laid out for them? Like, there's no purpose. There's no point. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Lucifer gets such a bad rap. Right. Like, from, like, the Catholic uh, Church and just Christianity in general, when, like, really... He just wanted us to have free will. Yeah, to to to, to live and, and like, choose and you know make you know make when decisions. You, when, you, when you realize that, you realize hmm, maybe he wasn't such a bad guy. Right. Um. And that and that's really what it was is just he fell from the grace of God because he was questioning God's plan. Yeah. Uh, and and really that's that's one of my bigger issues is like when you start speaking of you know specifically Christianity and other similar religions, uh, well, Western religions, if you will. Um, is a lot of them, you know, the, the, the kneel and serve thing, like that your life is predetermined. Nothing you do matters. It's yeah. you're, you're going to, you were destined to be born the day you were born. You're, you're destined to die the day you're going to die. And nothing you do is like, is your choice. It is pre-planned, pre like predetermined tough. Yeah. Um, you know, if that's the case, you know, a big old F you to every time I ever stubbed a toe. <laughs> no kidding. Right. Yeah. Like, well, why, why, why'd you plan that one for me? What, uh, what, what, eh, anyway. Yeah. Um, why, why'd you plan on me dropping my, you know, brand new Starbucks that I was literally bringing through my window into my car? Why, why did you make that the bottom of that cup, like fall out or the lid fall off and dump it all over my lap? Like, right. Um, we're not going to dive too much into religion and right. those things, but, um, then Beelzebub is a former seraph. He's one of the seven princes of hell, and he he is second only to Lucifer, and he himself has actually had a couple attempts at overthrowing hell to take over himself. Uh, he is actually the one who is heavily tied to witchcraft as the quote-unquote devil that the witches made deals with to gain their powers. Yep. Uh, he is also made famous in the book The Lord of the Flies, uh, depicted as a severed cow's head put on a stake that would talk. Yeah, that I mean, that's why a lot of times, like whenever you look at anything involving like Lucifer or Satan or anything, uh, depending on where you're at, you're looking at different depictions, right? And you're looking at different depictions because they're not the same, right? Like Beelzebub is the one that looks like the goat or something like that that has like the horns and uh, he, so again, it was either a demon with a severed cow's head, right, or oftentimes a large fly, yeah. Surrounded by other flies. And then there's Satan, a.k.a. the snake. Uh, he's the one that we know from the story of Adam and Eve. 
Yep. He is referred to as the accuser. Uh, he is the one who leads humans astray, and he he is the one that when you think when you say the devil or Satan, uh, you think the red skinned, horned, hooven creature with a tail uh, that is very very popular in pop culture. Yes. Um. So when they're all and they're all mistaken for each other and referred to separately as the devil, but they are simply just devils themselves. Uh, all have different rankings in hell. Satan is actually one of the lowest of the three yep. in the. Uh, hierarchy of hell we'll call it and uh in the world of demonology and yeah there's a whole kind of like just like you know uh heaven with god and all the angels like god archangels right angels seraphs you have like seraphs and cherubs and stuff like that like there's a whole hierarchy uh, hierarchy yeah i love a good hierarchy yeah so uh the other interesting part of that is um a lot of what are referred to as satanic cults uh, actually are more geared toward the worship and or appreciation of Lucifer, not Satan. Yeah. That's a fun little fact for you. Yep. Yeah. The uh, And a lot of times uh, when you look like apples to apples, what like just say like what Catholicism stands for versus what like the Church of Satan stands for. Uh, a lot of times, if you didn't see their name at the top of them, you'd be like, oh, wow, this one sounds so much better than this one. And then they show you the name. You're like, oh, shit, that's the Church of Satan that I thought was better. Right. Yeah. Religion is an interesting thing. And a yeah. lot and a lot of these do stem off different religions and mythology. Like, obviously, there's a lot of mythology around religion. Right. Uh, so we are going to do our best to not dive too deep into dive too deep pick, pick pick sides or bash or whatever we are literally here to inform and educate and have a few jokes true story just don't stick a sprinkler up my ass sparkler sprinkler? sparkler sparkler what's your next one uh we're gonna go black-eyed children Ooh, yeah so uh black-eyed children uh reports date back um allegedly to the 1980s but realistically like the first reported um Sightings of black-eyed children are from, like, around 1996 or so. Uh, they are reportedly uh, pale children, anywhere between, like, 6 to 16 years old. Um, and they're just creepy as shit. Uh, when you look at them, they're pale. They have just pure black eyes. There is no white in their eyes whatsoever. Um, oftentimes, you'll see them uh, standing on the side of the road, like, begging, panhandling, um, you might be stopped at a stoplight and they might like walk up to your car and like try to get in your car, stuff like that. Uh, other times they might be, uh, they might ring your doorbell on your front porch. Um, and, uh, they kind of tie into, um, like satanic stuff and like right. uh, the devil. And I'm not sure which one specifically. Um, but a lot of times they'll be like, you know, our, our parents, you know, we need a ride. Like, if they're in your car or something like that, trying to get in, they're usually very adamant about it, too. Like, they want to get in your vehicle, but you need to, like, invite them in. Right. Um, and if you do, that uh, is supposedly opening yourself up and opening your home up to, you know, Lucifer, the devil, stuff like that. Right. Um, because they're they're thought to be some type of offshoot or offspring. Messenger or harbinger thereof. Sure, yeah. Uh, however you want to put it, um, I find they're it just is... they're creepy as shit. Well, like, I, find, I mean, I... anything to deal with kids, yeah, it's just like if it was like an adult with black eyes, be like, yeah, that's creepy. Uh, a ch- like a six year old kid with black eyes, fuck no. So I, I find it interesting that the idea of inviting them in is fairly common amongst a lot of these. Yeah. Um, like, like, like vamp- I don't vampire. Lord. I was just going to bring that up. You I don't know to, if like, you're covering vampires. I know I'm not. I'm not. No. But like if you're outside, you're fair game. But once you're in your house, you have to invite them in. And that's yeah. actually, again, through all pop culture. That's common. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whenever you see a movie, I mean, uh, well, maybe not supernatural, but right. But like, but like um, any other like traditional va- like vamp- like- vampire diaries. It's one yeah. of those things that like once they're invited in, it's they can come in whenever they want. Right. But, but they have to be invited first. Right. And, like, the only way to stop that is to transfer, o- like, physical ownership of the Dwelling. property. Yeah. Like, so, which is super interesting. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, if you want to tell the how creepy kids are, they're one of my favorite um, 
and probably one of the legitimately creepiest things I've seen. Uh, WWE has done some pretty cool and creepy things in its day with different supernatural characters that they've had. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, or Wyndham Rotunda, yes. the son of IRS, uh, he was doing his whole Bray Wyatt character in WWE, and he was going against John Cena. And at one point, uh, they were in a steel cage match, and Cena was about to escape the cage. The lights went out. When they turned back on, there was a young, like, four- or five-year-old blonde child in front of Cena who started singing, he's got the whole world in his hands, but it was this deep, dark, demonic voice <laughs> that didn't fit this young little kid. And it was just, like, instead of it, like, he's got the whole world. It was, he's got the whole world. And the kid just, like, creepily staring at Cena. It was legitimately, like, send chills down your spine type right. stuff. One of, the, one of the few things that in the, in the last probably 15 years that WWE's done right. Right. So And look what they did with it. They yeah. shit it all down the drain. They sure did. AEW's going to have a great time with that. They sure are. So uh, so my next one is actually the Black Dogs or Hellhounds. Ooh, okay. Uh, so yeah, these there's... are unnaturally large black canines that either ha- usually have glowing uh, red or yellow eyes. Uh, it's actually derived from English lore as an omen of death. Yep. So people would claim to like if, you know if they were either obviously if you were sick you could you would see them um, there were, were records of people who were sick in the hospital and hospice who w- would wake up in the middle of the night and look at their doorway and there'd be just a, a gigantic black dog with glowing eyes looking at them and like it was just a messenger of death that like you know and then it would you know they yep. they didn't wake up the next day uh, obviously that's a lot more concerning if you're a young vibrant and healthy person all of a sudden you see a black dog and you know probably ain't gonna stick around much longer to tell that story so yeah um they're they're generally regarded as sinister or malevolent 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 sometimes i don't say the dude the, the, the word's too good yeah um there are however a few um smaller less obviously less popular lores that actually have them to be supernatural protectors so instead of bringing harbor uh Harbingers of death and destruction, they are actually protective entities, which I thought was pretty cool. It's Harbinger. I don't care. You don't, you're not Harbingers. Word, you're not wording good today. This is the epitome of the way I do speak. You, do you need to go to the Derek Zoolander school of kids who want to learn to read good? Way more gooder. Or however that whole thing yeah. goes. I've only seen Zoolander like once. Me too. Really uh, this sad. is this is the epitome of my grasp of the English language. <laughs> I know what it means. I just missed it pronunciated all the time. Yeah. We went and, to and, we, well that's the problem is we went to public school. Well, we got that and, good education. Well, and I intentionally misdispronounce things like misdispronounce and yeah. epitome because epitome is just way more fun. Right. Uh I my my fantasy football name one year was actually the epitome of machismo. <laughs> You're welcome. So, uh, <laughs> moving on off my uh, my tenuous grasp of the English language, what do you got? Uh, ghosts in general. Gotcha. Uh, now, there's like a ton of different like kind of like subsects of ghosts. Um, there's there's like when I say subsects, there's like different kind of like, classifications. Like there's your there's your women in white. There's your poltergeists. Poltergeists. There's your you know. You know, just there's there's a bunch of so we're not really gonna dive too deep into like the subsects or anything, just ghosts in general. Right. Um so depending on where you look for lore depends on what kind of answer you get for like what is a ghost. Um generally it is believed that ghosts are the disembodied souls of people who have obviously passed on. But um, depending on what you're reading, some say it's because they have unfinished business um, that probably never going to be finished because they're dead. Well, and that was generally the main idea behind like Casper, the friendly ghost, right? Was that it was a young boy who died in an accident and just, you know. He had unfinished business. Right. Right. Um, Then there's also... um, like you're, you're kind of like vengeful spirits. Like they died like an unnatural death. Like they got killed. So now they're roaming for revenge and stuff like that. Right. Um, and then there are, you know, your, you know, 
some people might think that becoming a ghost means that you didn't get into heaven or hell. You are just kind of in limbo. Uh, you didn't go up. You didn't go down. You're just dead and you're just kind of stuck here. Right. Um, one of the cool pieces of uh, like lore that I found is that the reason that it seems like ghosts walk through walls and stuff like that or like float like upstairs where there are no stairs. Right. If you live in an older house, your house might have been laid out differently at some point when it was first built when they were alive. Right. Like where they're walking, where you see them like going through walls, there could have been doors there. Right. Where you see them floating upstairs, uh, could have been a staircase there when they were alive. So um, a lot of times they're classified as like kind of like sentient. Right. Or more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know there's a specific word they use for it. It's escaping me right now, but more kind of like just on repeat. Like they just have their own like set of actions that they continually do. Almost like a real life NPC. Right. Like they're just reliving their greatest hits almost. Right. Um, Like they don't have any rhyme or reason. They don't know you're there. They don't see you. They don't, you know. Yeah, they're they're completely oblivious. They're literally just stuck in a loop. Right. Like, yeah. Um. There's actually, uh, I know of a couple theories out there that actually say that they're that what we were would see and refer to as ghosts in that aspect, like the they don't know you're here, they don't see you, are actually visions of alternate universes or adjacent universes. That there is a uh, the walls between dimensions or whatever you sure. call it are thin in certain places. So like you catch a glimpse of somebody who's walking up the stairs that. Maybe in there, like maybe in your house, like that's the difference in the universe. There's a door there, but in my right. house, but in your house, it's a wall. So you see me walking through a wall, but it, in my reality, where I am, there's a door there. Yeah, and it's just a glimpse into a different dimension. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, a lot of times they say that like ghosts could just be tied to like an object or a person. So until said object or person is no longer around, you know, they might still. Rome, you know, there's right like you know, the uh, like the Annabelle doll, exactly. Yeah, creepy. Well, the Annabelle doll kind of falls under mm, demon demonology. True, uh, which we'll get to. Yeah, that it for ghosts. That's it for ghosts for me. Ghosts. Like I could go on about it for hours, but I don't really have a ton of information in front of me. And, right. Uh, well, and b- there's so many different. There's so many subsects. Right. Of, you know, and and we have to keep some things for next year. Yeah. So like exactly. we can do a ghost episode next year. There we go. All right. Uh, I'm going to go to Greek mythology next with Ooh. Cerebus. Oh, nice. Ooh. Uh, Cerebus is the three-headed demon dog that stands guard at the gates of Hades. Uh, the three heads are said to represent the past, the present, and the future. Which I didn't know this until I didn't today. Know that either. Uh, and it re- represents the negative aspects of all three time frames. Okay. So it's obsession over the past, overwhelming of the present, and the fearing of the uh, the fear of the future. Hmm. And his job isn't to keep people out of hell. He's actually like his job is to let people in, and then stop them from getting out by capturing them in negative and repetitive patterns. Hmm. So when you go and you like say you go to Hades in Greek mythology, hell and, sure. and the modern world, and you go and you try to get out. Essentially, when a Cerebus attacks you or corrals you, he traps you, like he finds, whether it's in your past, your present, or your fear of the future, which you don't have one, but he finds like a, a point in your life where you were afraid of what was about to come sure. and hadn't passed yet, and just locks you in repetitive cycles of either you know being like obsessing over something you lost a a lost relationship a a loved one who passed away a a job that you screwed up or something um well i mean that just goes along with some of the mythology mythology of just hell in general right uh like a lot of people say that when you go to hell you are tortured for eternity uh depending on what you read it might it it might not be like physical torture like you know being tied to a rack and like sliced all over yeah it, it, it's not it like having a pineapple be... shoved up shoved up your ass once a day like uh, yeah. little nikki depicted yeah. for hitler oh my god i love that so good uh you know it, it it's not it might not be that it might be i don't know i right. don't want to find out yeah 
Uh, but it might just be that you live kind of like in a loop of not your greatest hits, but your worst hits. Right. So, you know, like they essentially, th- this is Cerebus's particular way of, sure. you know, th- like, hey, you're not allowed to leave. I know, I, know, I understand you went there, but you belong there. You're not, you're, you're not allowed to leave. So here's your, here's your punishment for trying to get out. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Cerebus, the three-headed hell dog. Nice. Not to be confused with the single-headed hellhounds. Yeah, very confusing. Right. There's so much similarity in like mythological lore. There is. There's a lot of a lot of crossover. Um, and which... like what one what one like culture might call one thing, another culture has the exact same thing that does the exact same thing. It's literally, but they just call it something different. Well, and so particularly like Greek and Roman gods are the same, same people, people. Yeah. under a different name right. because the Romans took over the Greeks. Yeah. And so. they just renamed everything. Kept hey. everything the same. Yeah. Hey, can I copy your homework real quick? Yeah. Just change it up a little bit. So it doesn't look the same. Gotcha. <laughs> just literally just change the names. Right. You know, Mars and Apollo. Right. Same person. Yeah. Um, Both the God of war. Yeah. Insane. I think it's Apollo. Aries. Uh, Aries. Aries. Yep. Sorry. Aries. All good. So, since you started with the mythological beasts, I'll continue. Tear it up. The Kraken. Oh, release him. Yes. Release the knowledge of the Kraken. So, the Kraken became very popular in today's world because of the Pirates of the Caribbean legend uh, movies. Yar. Uh, fun fact, uh, it's totally wrong. Uh, the Kraken is not a, like, pirate mythological creature. I mean, I'm sure it was, but that's not where it originated. Right. It was around a long, long time before that. Right. And it comes from our absolute favorite culture in the world. This is a great segue for my next topic, too, by the way. The Vikings. Ye old Norsemen. The Kraken is actually, uh, was, uh, has been legend in like the Norse uh, world for thousands of years, uh, I believe since around like the the six hundreds, I Some, believe sounds right somewhere around there. Um, and I mean, I'm sure every culture has adopted some type of legend of the Kraken with like the pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, but the original is the Norsemen. Uh, it was said that the Kraken lived in. Uh, kind of like the northern Atlantic around like Greenland, Iceland, off the coasts of like England, stuff like that. Um, you know, not much has really changed about the actual lore of the Kraken. Uh, so what you know of the lore of the Kraken from like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies still holds true. Like it was a giant uh, cephalopod or like squid. Um I don't know if it was ever able to be summoned like they did in Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, that that part is part of actual more modern pirate lore. I'll, I have some stuff for you when you're oh, done. Okay. So, um, but uh, you know the, all the all the stuff about it, you know, eating ships and the crews and everything like that. That's that's all true. That's what the the Vikings were scared of when they were crossing the open ocean, right? Like coming from, you know. Uh, Norway and the northern lands, uh, you know, crossing over to England or even still when they crossed from England to the Americas. Right. That they called Vinland yeah. back then, um, which they were here a fuck ton earlier than Columbus ever was. <laughs> yeah. Over there in, uh, you know, the original Newfies. Yeah. Yeah. They, the Vikings are. We need to do an entire episode on Viking at we, some point. We will. That'll be non non creepy stuff. Yeah. But uh so ironically, Vikings were considered the original pirates. Yes. So like pirates and like the original pirate was Leif Erikson. Yes. Who was a Norseman. Mm-hmm. So a lot of their lore kind of coincides. Um yeah. the the summoning of the Kraken was something that was definitely tied to, um, uh, what was his name? Davy Jones? No. Blackbeard. No. Uh, 
the pirate. He's actually the pirate in like the guy with the squid face and yeah, Davy Jones. Is that Davy Jones? Yeah, I didn't think that was Davy Jones. Okay, so okay, so he's actually directly tied to Davy Jones, um, and the ability to summon him. Gotcha. Uh, like that was because Davy Davy Jones, the uh, pirate, was actually said to be. Like the god of the sea or something. Well, and he, like you that. know, the Flying Dutchman and that whole yeah. thing. Like the 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 ship itself had the ability to summon the Kraken, and the like. It it actually said that the Kraken followed the Flying Dutchman around. Yeah, that would make um, sense for at least pirate for at least like pirate lore. Right for that time. Right, and you know it was to basically you, you know p- kind of making a deal with the devil. Davy Jones was seen yeah. as kind of like the devil a little bit. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. people would make a deal with him. Yeah, and again, we saw those in the movies. Yeah, but a lot of that stuff does come from Norse mythology and uh, the the men of the North, if you will. Uh, and a lot of that had to do with they didn't overly love to travel the open seas. No, they really didn't. They only did it when they absolutely had to. Right. Um. So when they did, obviously they encountered things they'd never seen before. Yeah. Which is, and I'm sure at some point, you know, they they saw, you know, bigger whales than we than we know of today. Bigger, right. like. Well, I mean, there there's like current day evidence of like giant squids right in the oceans yep. so like clearly like this shit came from somewhere right like we know that these giant like 30 foot 40 foot 50 foot squids exist at, the, at bare minimum oceans. existed if not still to exist today no i mean there's there's evidence of like as of recently right of like videos and photographs of giant squids right and whose whose size we don't know to be true or false but i'm sure with less sea travel with less industrial right. bs they were probably they were more, probably more and bigger like yeah. let, let's be honest everything back in the day was bigger like yeah. the only things that like we're getting bigger as people like people the, the the average height and weight of people is getting bigger the average height and weight of everything else seems to be getting smaller uh back in the day everything was bigger yeah. Like, way more bigger. Way more bigger. Uh, if you don't believe me, look up Leviathan whales and uh, Megalodon sharks. Oh, shit. So. How the fuck did the Megalodon... Well, that's not really a mythological word, like... Neither one of them are. Creature. Those are actual real the, things. Yeah, those are real things. Yeah. Like like, the, that's real world scary. Yeah. The Megalodon? Mm-mm. Nope. No, thank you. Um, So, I'm going to stem that into the Bringers of Ragnarok. Very specifically, three this is one of my favorite stories. Three of mythological all the world. creatures. Uh, so Ragnarok is the Norse idea of the end of the world. Um, there have been it's the Viking apocalypse, if yes. you will. Uh, and they've actually come to say that this is the, like that Ragnarok is actually a recurring event. Yes, it's um, not it's, just a one-time thing. It's kind of like a hard reset for the world. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it brought on by. Like 40 years of winter or something. I don't know the exact off the top of my head. Right. Uh, it's been a long time. And I've done a lot of reading recently. So factoids have gotten mixed up and shuffled around. Yeah, like my brain is with all the research I've done on all these things. Like I'm having to like stop and pause and be like, no, that's not that creature. That's that one. Right. No, oh, that, no that's the one. Of, that's the fact I'm looking for. So uh, one of the, so one of one of the signs of impending Ragnarok is uneasy seas so that the the oceans and you know are getting wilder and choppier and so on and so forth which if you've been paying attention don't pay attention because yeah. you might start thinking this is happening but uh yeah, so if you know what the signs are and you're looking for them just you'll see them you'll don't don't because you'll <laughs> find them you'll find them so uh the choppiness in the unsettled seas is due to Jormungandr, the world serpent as it's called, uh, who is a child of Loki and a giant. So Loki, not the Loki you see on the, the DC movies, but or, sorry, the Marvel movies, although that character is based off the actual Norse Loki, god of mischief. Um, he, upon being born, so Loki had three kids. Yes. With this giant. One was an eight-legged horse that Odin rode. Yep. One was a That gig- was the only one that Odin ever liked. Yep. Uh, the other two, Jormungandr, was condemned and thrown into the waters of Midgard, which is Earth. Uh, and he grew so large that he was actually able to wrap himself completely around the globe, which is named where the world, world the name World Serpent comes from, and bite his own tail. Yep. Like that of an Ouroboros. Uh, it's said that at the beginning of Ragnarok, Jormungandr would release his tail and start thrashing around to get up to 
the land. Surface. Yep. And that's where the un, you know, unsettled seas, seas comes from. Um, he would rise from the depths and help attack the gods, and then he would fight and die by his arch nemesis Thor's hand. However, he in turn kills Thor because Thor dies from the poison of Jormungandr nine paces from the corpse of Jormungandr. Yep. Then there's Fenrir, another son of Loki, mm-hmm. who is a wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, giant wolf. Giant wolf. Huge. So at a young age, the gods noticed how big this wolf was getting and said, like, listen, noth- like nothing good will come of this creature. No. So instead of killing it, because at the time they were worried that they wouldn't be able to, but they would just try to, and, they, and trying to would just piss it off. They said, we're going we're gonna to tie this thing down. So they fashioned all different kinds of magical chains and stuff like that until the elves, the same elves that made Mo, uh, Milnor, yep. Thor's legendary hammer, created a essentially a ribbon, a magical ribbon that they basically like told this wolf, like, hey, we want to see just how strong you are. Like, so we're going to try to tie you down with these things. And he, he would break free, break free, break free. And they're like, OK, we finally got it. We think we figured out something you're not going to be able to break. And he was like, all right, cool. But. I want one of you, like, I, I want something in return, because if this works, I want to know that you'll release me. And they said, okay, what do you want? He goes, one of you has to stick your hand in my mouth, because if you won't let me go, I'm going to bite your damn hand off. Right. The only one that was willing to do it was the Norse god of war, Tyr, who was fearless. So this dude walks up, puts his hand in this thing's mouth. They strap it down, and he goes, okay, I can't get out. Let me go. They go, no, and he bites Tyr's hand off, and Tyr goes, Worth it. Right. And then they put a sword through this thing's lower jaw into the earth. That was said. Now, so, like, everyone knows about, like, Odin and Thor and Loki. Like, they all think they're all such big badasses, which they are. Every every single one of them is a badass in their own right. However, I feel like it is unfair that, like, gods like Tyr and... Balder. Tyr gets overlooked because there's not a whole lot of bravado to him. He right, he was just he your low-key badass. Like, yeah, he was just low, he was probably like the biggest badass. Yeah. He was literally just your show up and go to work. Yeah. He wasn't flashy. He didn't, you know, drink gallons and gallons of mead and smash his hammer through things and stuff. He just whooped ass. Yeah. Uh, to the point that he let a gigantic mythical, like a, a gigantic wolf bite his hand off and he still kicked ass. Yeah. Um. So he, it said that he, another sign of Ragnarok would be Fenrir breaking his, the chains that bind, that bound him, where he would rise and eat Odin whole. Yes, just walk, boop, got him, um, and then would then be killed by another one of Odin's sons later on, who was one of the few people that survived Ragnarok, by the way. Yeah, why is the name of that one? Escaping me. I don't know. I read it earlier and it's just, it's missing. Because I know it's not Tyr. No, because Tyr is not one of the all is it, is it Balder? No, it's not. Who killed Fenrir? Vidar. Vidar, yep. And then, the biggest of the big bads of Ragnarok. You saw him in Thor Ragnarok. Kind of a comical bit. But yeah. uh, the primordial Jotun, or giant, Surtur. Uh He's seen as actually the supreme evil in a lot of Scandinavian mythos. Yes. Uh, who would bring about... He would, He's the guy that actually brings about the end of the world. Uh, by f- swinging his flaming sword and burning the nine realms. Killing most living things, including himself and the rest of the giants. Which is why we don't have giants these days. Mm-hmm. Um, he kills Freyr, which is the twin brother of the Norse god queen Freya in a battle prior to destroying the world tree and the nine realms. So this dude is basically the, the base incantation of what we believe the devil to be when yes. we're, when we're kids Oh, hundred percent on like steroids. all the steroids. Yeah. So dude's been taking HGH since he was like two protein. He's never skipped leg day. No, <laughs> no, he definitely, and he doesn't skip flaming sword day either. No. So, those are my uh, my Norse mythological beasts. Uh, two two of which I will have tattooed on me at some point. I have one already. Uh, the other one's yeah. coming on the other side. I'm getting the ravens on my neck. Yeah, I got the. I already got those two. Uh, 
Jeez, how do I follow up Ragnarok? Um, I guess I'll just jump right into demons in general. Yeah. Uh, general so, demons. <laughs> <laughs> um, so demons have been around as long as religion in general. Um, they're kind of like the... In, in modern times, they are kind of like the yin to the yang, the angel's yang. Yes. Um, you know, the angels are all good and all powerful. Uh, the demons are all evil. Uh, they're said to uh, either be tortured souls that were sent to hell that became so tortured in hell that they became demons themselves uh, who now run amok on earth. Or they are said to be the offspring of... Lucifer, Satan, whichever one you wanna call him, right? Um, they're they're kind of separated. Like I said, there's a, a huge hierarchy within like the demonic world as well as like it is in like the angelic world. Um, but they can pretty much be classified into like three or four kind of like subsects, right? Uh, they are either like specters, which are demons that just roam the earth uh, to haunt and like torment people on earth. Uh, there are uh, possession demons who uh, obviously possess people and cause them to commit terrible acts. And, you know, that's where all the exorcism shit comes from, from like Christianity and stuff like that. Uh, there's also like obsessive demons that uh, kind of just follow you around and torment you and cause you to just kind of slowly go insane. They might inflict, uh, you know, pain and suffering on you, um, but they don't really, like, you'll never actually see them, but they might, like, attach themselves to you. Yes. Um, and I'm not quite sure what the the fourth one was, but when I read it, it seemed very irrelevant, like, not, not too much going on there. Um, but, yeah. Demons in general, just nasty, nasty. There's there's no no good demons. Um, they are always depicted as malevolent creatures who want nothing but to cause pain and suffering in the world. Yeah, I uh, while you were talking, I actually pulled up a list of um, theological demons, and I mean Christian mythology or Christian demonology, Jewish demonology. Yeah, uh, I mean every every religion has Greek, its Assyrian. own version of demonology from. You know, and I'm sure if we really looked into it, the Norse probably had their own as well. Uh, um, maybe, I mean, maybe not. So I don't, much, I don't know but, what Zoroasterianism is. Yeah, but, but that's on know, here a few times. Hindu, Islam, uh, Christianity, Judaism. There's, there, there's a demon named Akuma that is both of Japanese Buddhism and Japanese Christianity. Yes, Slavic mythology. Yeah. Uh, Akkadian, Assyrian, Arabian, Arabian Nights, Hindu. I mean, like the Sumerian. I mean, this is this list is just A through Z. Let's friggin' party! Like, right? Like everyone's got their version of demons. Athabascan mythology. I mean, even genies or jinn. 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 Yep, as was they are originally known from the Islamic cultures. Um, they are, well, it depends. Some of them are considered demons. Some of them are not. Some of them, some jinn are known to be very helpful to, um, humans kind of like, you know, your Aladdin so, type genie. So but then I, there are also jinn that are more evil and demonic. If memory serves, I believe genie are good and jinn are bad, but they're the same race of demons. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's actually going to lead me to my next one, which is banshees, Ooh, which yeah, is a like, which is a like a subsect of demon, um, but they're not always evil or um they're they're really they're, they're depicted as evil. They're depicted as like really like evil looking things, um, usually usually women with either white or gray hair, uh, usually cowled in gray and they're usually very evil looking however the lore behind they're from irish folklore 
and they're tied to deaths, the death of a family member. Uh, they're seen as predictors of death. Okay. So the, the, the mythos would go that even if, so say you live in town A and you have family in town H. Okay. So that's how many towns in between, right? And somebody in your family in town H died. You would hear a banshee wailing prior to receiving news of the death of your family. Hmm. So okay. uh, it's either that or it would be like they would per, like they would predicate a death. So like you would hear it and then that would mean at some time, time very soon somebody in your household would pass. Sure. Um, it was unknown which one, it, like which one it was when it was happening. So like you would hear one and you'd kind of like be sitting around like, oh, crap like who are, who's gonna die like nobody in the family or you're is sick like for, you're or, waiting by the phone right the or phone call or like, you know you're waiting for your carrier pigeon to drop off notice of you yeah. know Mima passing um so again they're they're either they're depicted as either long-haired women cloaked in gray or young versions cloaked in gray who would wail at or prior to the death of a family member um and it's actually said that every irish family has their own banshee that is tied to the family for the entirety of the lineage Oh, that's so. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, so you kind of had your own. It was like a, a family spirit, if you will. Sure, sure, sure. So, there you go. Uh, I only got one more that I, I researched. Okay. Um, I don't know how many more you have. I only have one more. Okay. You want me to go back to back here, then? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, my next one, then, is Harpies. From okay. Back to Greek mythology. Uh, these are winged beer, beard, winged bird women uh, who are considered the hounds of Zeus. So, okay. Uh, when you'd hear like you know, release the hounds. Zeus was releasing winged, late, winged, winged bird ladies. women. Uh, yeah. They were known to sweep down from Mount Olympus and snatch people and things from Earth. Uh, they were actually tied to many sudden dis- disappearances, uh, but were also considered spirits of the storm and gusts of wind. Uh, essentially, like when things would go missing in storms. Okay. Um, be it like say if the if the storm was bad enough that like somebody got swept away in. A flooding or a tidal wave or something, and like after the storm, they couldn't find somebody. It was said that harpies came and got them. Um, you know, this was they they were they were I mean very big throughout Greek mythology. Uh, there was actually a point where the I don't know some group of warriors were like chasing harpies away, and a god came down and said, "Leave them alone, or else." And you know, most of them turned around, but a few ships were like, "No, screw that! We're going to hunt these things down," and they were swept up and killed. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, since you only have one more, I'll do one more. You I mean, can go yours now. I, I could do two. I can do one off the top of my head that I didn't really research, but I know enough about. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so, going back to our Norse mythology, Valkyries. Right. They kind of tie into harpies a little bit. A little bit. Uh, Valkyries are winged warrior women of the Norse mythology. That are said to, when you die in battle, they are basically, like, what Christianity would consider to be, like, your reapers. They right. are the ones who uh, come when you are dying and escort you into the afterlife. Now, we're not going to get too deep into it because this really isn't a whole, like, Norse mythology thing. We're going to do an entire episode on that, and it's going to be probably the best episode that we ever do. Uh, I would hope so. Yeah. Between the two of us, best episode we ever do. Um, but when they uh, when they pick you up, uh, when you die in battle, you are either taken to Falkenvanger or Valhalla. Not everyone who dies, and this is where people who know nothing about Norse mythology, they all everyone knows of Valhalla. No one really outside the culture knows about Falkenvanger. Well, and then there's hell too, and and hell. Uh, I don't know if the Valkyries come and take you to hell though. I think it's only if you die in battle that the the Valkyries come. I, I believe they, I believe Valkyries only escort um, warriors. They, they're called, they're considered choosers of the slain. Yeah. So basically, when Vikings or Norsemen die in battle, the Valkyries come and they are taken to one of two places. Both of them are equally said to be as equally beautiful. Um, it's just. You know, Odin runs Valhalla and Freya runs Falkenvanger. 
Yes. Uh, they both do the exact same thing. It's basically just a waiting ground, a big old party until Ragnarok starts. And then they open the gates and everyone goes to whoop some ass. Um, but, you know, Valkyries kind of just tie into everything that we're talking about with mythological stuff. and Yeah. They're cool. Um, they're depicted as beautiful, too. Yeah, and uh, badasses. Oh, yeah, I would. Absolute badasses. Yeah, yeah, if you ever had to fight a Valkyrie, which they're going to when Ragnarok comes, uh, yeah, shit, I wouldn't want to go up against a Valkyrie. No. No. And uh, that there's actually a fairly accurate depiction of, a, of Valkyries in the character of Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok. So. Yeah, yeah, that's about as close of a like depiction in they they do anything. well with the imagery there they don't do well with the story no but it's not meant to be north mythology it's meant to be marvel so who cares right uh my next one is water horses Ooh. uh so when you think of a water horse it's nessie or, yes. the, or the loch ness monster yeah um or there's uh what's the one that um there's one said to be roaming around chesapeake bay chessie yeah, is it just chessie I don't, I don't know I I'm think just... it, it's it's something <laughs> stupid like that I think it could be just chessie yeah so um it's also said to be one in Lake Erie. Yeah. Which, let's but, be honest, if I, but at this point, it's either dead or mutated from the pollution. But that's Well, the I point. mean, the, the, the pollution in Lake Erie probably is what caused the goddamn thing. Uh, so they are described as having the head, neck, and mane of a horse, two front legs like a horse, but with webbed feet, and then two long, a long, two-lobed whale-like tail. And I don't know what a two-lobed whale-like tail would be. Maybe it splits off at the end like a tail like with a fin. I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, know. But, I mean, when you think of, like, a lake monster, this is the general description of most lake monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the them looking more like a dinosaur with the long neck, the long yeah. tail, and the four fins or, like, that Pokemon that looks like that or whatever yeah. the hell it's called. Um, yeah. Like, th- that's not really what a lot of people think or even... I mean, that's, that's the common thought between what these things look like right they're they look more serpentine yeah. than yeah than, they than, almost than, look like than, a giant snake right like than a diet than a dinosaur but it's yeah. got the head it's got front legs and a head like a horse essentially yeah. uh some were even said to be shape-shifting spirits that inhabit lakes and other bodies of water uh and almost every body of water in ireland has a story of a water horse or a kelpie which is the shape-shifting version of a water horse sure. uh that's tied to them and i'm pretty sure the ie is how like Loch Ness monster Nessie yeah. this something it, it's almost like a hockey nickname sure sure Shorezy sure you know yeah great yeah um my next one is a Native American uh mythological creature the Thunderbird I like this one this one's really freaking cool uh it's, I, it's not creepy I wanted to look into this one uh when you said that you were doing it but I forced myself not to because it sounded so cool. I was like, I just want to hear it. Yeah. So uh, this is a powerful spirit that would take the form of a bird, uh, a gigantic bird. Um, It's Zapdos. Pretty much. And its wings would flap so loud that it would create thunder and lightning would flash from its beak. Okay. Uh, It was said the Thunderbird would bring about the storms that would allow vegetation to grow uh, and help keep the fields of the native americans fertile and it's become a symbol of power strength and protection amongst native american people uh there's actually if you you can actually google it um back in the 40s 50s 60s 70s somewhere in there um i just i know i gave just a four decade span but there's actually a black and white picture of what uh scientists believe to be an actual what was considered a thunderbird um and basically, it was they were just overgrown eagles, right? That you know would basically blot out the sky. They were so damn big, allegedly. Yeah. Um, and like the one, the one that there's a picture of is actually so damn big that it takes like four or five scientists to hold its wingspan up. Oh, holy shit! Okay. So, um, it's cool, and then like it's become a a totem in Native American lore, where like you'll actually see like carvings of it on totem poles, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. out of wooden carvings, stuff like that. Um. And it was actually meant to be a protector of the land and of the people that uh, would swoop down and help Native Americans if they were being attacked by people who didn't belong in the land. Yeah. Like we said when we first started, when I first started with the the Native American lore with the Wendigo, uh, Native American lore is fascinating. It's really cool. I would love to 
actually like go sit down and talk with like a Native American elder and learn like from word of mouth, like learn their stories and hear like their lore and stuff from someone who's lived it their entire life. Right. Or someone who's learned it from the source at, at least. Right. I mean, there's only, I mean, you can read about it all you want, but like the best way to learn about it is to hear it like right from the source, from the people that live it. Yeah. There, sorry. There's a black and white picture there. This dude's like probably your average size white guy who's probably like five ten to a six foot. Yeah. This bird from beak to tail is like 13 feet. Holy shit. Which means it's got almost a 25-foot wingspan. Holy shit. Um, uh, it, it cited as recently as January 2018. Oh. Okay. Huh. Uh, there was sighting in Pennsylvania in 2013. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll we'll go through because we're, we're really tight on time here. So Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, I only got the one more to go. Yeah, so. finish your last one. I got two that'll be quick and we'll be done. Uh, my last one, uh, we mentioned him. Uh, was it two weeks ago when we did our urban legends? Um, but he's one of the best urban legends, and what we read about him just didn't do him justice. Uh, the Mothman. That's not yeah. a moth. No, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You're still stuck on Thunderbird there. Thunderbird. Uh, so the Mothman. Um, pretty much all lore starts in I believe it's the '60s in uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh, where, um, you know, there was a bunch of sightings of a humanoid creature with giant wings and glowing red eyes that was very clumsy if it was running around on land, but it could apparently fly up to like a hundred miles an hour. Uh, and that was proven or at least somewhat proven allegedly, uh, by someone chasing it in their car back then. Um, basically the lore goes that, uh, when the Mothman shows up, uh, destruction follows. Uh, and they don't know if it's because, uh, you know, shortly after like the first sightings of the Mothman, uh, there was the, I believe it was called the Silver Bridge collapse in Point Pleasant, West Virginia that killed uh, 43 people, if I remember correctly. Um, and then pretty much every time that there is some type of disaster, usually afterwards there's reported sightings of the mothman like there's there were reported sightings of the mothman uh prior to 9-11 there's uh reportedly uh people saying that um he was seen in and around like the chernobyl area uh before the nuclear meltdown there um and even uh kind of as recently as I want to say it was like 20, it was just a few years ago. There was a, a giant bridge collapse in uh, Minnesota Okay. Uh, that he was reportedly seen at. Uh, now, where the lore gets fuzzy is that they don't know if he is like a malevolent being, that he is kind of like the omen of these um, destructive acts, um, and he's just there because he likes to watch or if he is more of a benevolent being and he shows up before in order to try to warn people. Almost as a warning as sign. A, as a warning sign, like, hey, you see me, like some shit's about to go down. Right. Um, no one really knows what 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 uh, what his real purpose is, but that's, that's the Mothman. Love it. Uh, last and most certainly not least for me are the combination of the Leviathan... And the behemoth. Uh, the Leviathan is a primordial serpent. Uh, it's one of the one of Christian God's original creations that ruled over all the creatures of the sea. Uh, it's one of, if not the most destructive force amongst God's creations. So much so that the fictional creature Cthulhu was actually based, loosely based off a description of the Leviathan. I love anything to do with Cthulhu. H.P. Lovecraft hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, sure did. Um, so basically what this thing was was just a, a gigantic evil serpent. And uh, there are references to it, not just amongst like the Christian. Like He's actually in the Bible. Like the Leviathan is actually in the yeah. Bible. Um, but there's references to it that predate Christianity. Oh, yeah. In all other um, religions and historical writings. Uh, and there's also the behemoth, which is basically... Uh, the Leviathan, but on land. Okay. Uh, this one has been said to take the, um, the shape of a of an elephant, 
a whale, um, basically any large creature, which is why when something's so big, it's it's referred to as a behemoth. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and then there's also the uh, it's Ziz, which is a dragon that ruled the sky. Okay. Um, and those three, they're and they're all tied to like there, there's references to them in Christianity and almost every other religion in some way, shape, or form makes reference to them or in some way, shape, or form. Um, and all of these things have, I mean, really, it's, it's what I was reading up on it, it basically said that all of these things have similar ties and backstories, and they don't know if it's just kind of a common phenomenon that there were things that happened in different, like, unexplainable events that like it was easier to say a gigantic being did this sure versus trying to find a scientific explanation for it or if like these were actual like legitimate like seat like sightings things that were seen i mean or or it could just be like one like the first group that had it wrote it down that saw them if they were real and then like i mean every other religion is just like some type of rip off of the one that came before it like right. they they pick and choose like there's so many similarities between like christianity and islam uh because they're both created right around the same time right uh from like the same source material uh you know this one just wrote theirs in blue and that one wrote theirs in red um you know there's just there's so much similarity just because a lot of especially like when a culture conquers another one they assimilate the others that were conquered into them and at some point some of that culture that was conquered kind of seeps into the culture that did the conquering so you know it could just be that that there might have been one sighting of these things way back when and it's just been continuously passed down right and disseminated throughout the interesting side of it is that a lot of the stories that surround it are very similar, but different enough that it seems like it could just be different, different uh, time like, periods. Well, so. like different accounts, different, sure. like, you know, they're, they don't necessarily call it the Leviathan, sure. but they describe it as such. Like they describe exactly what the Leviathan is, or they don't call it the behemoth, but they call it, it's basically, uh, and actually both the Leviathan and the behemoth are both connected to, um, despite the fact that they were God's creations in early times, according to Christian uh, mythology, they were tied to like evil and the devil, Satan, Lucifer, whole nine yards. So um, super interesting. And anything that is uh, like looked at as like bad or evil or anything like that, whether it was God's creation or whatnot, if it's not good, it's associated with the devil. Right. Well, and let's be honest. Um, by that judgment, we're all God's creatures. So, yes, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. So that'll uh, that'll wrap up our mythical creature episode this week. Uh, this was a lot of fun. It was cool, not like just pontificating things from somebody else's work. Sure, kind of yeah. doing the work ourselves. So that was fun. Uh, is next week our? Yeah, yeah. Uh, next week. Yep. Uh, do we know what time? Yeah, well, yeah, we we yeah. we'll we'll discuss that later. Yeah. Um. So next week we're gonna have our psychic medium on. We're gonna be talking to. Christy London. Christy London. So we'll have her on. We'll hopefully hear some cool stories, tales, and stuff like that from her. And uh, just kind of continue chugging along for the uh, the spooky season here. We're going to have one hell of a grand finale for Halloween week for you boys. We sure are. Yes. We sure are. So as always, Comet Abachi is part of the BACBP Radio Network, www.bacbp-radio.com. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere else you get your podcast awesomeness from. Find us on Facebook, Comet Abachi. Search us if Facebook starts to work again. We don't know. Maybe Facebook's dead. We're not sure yet. But uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, I'm the Nightmare. And I'm Rotten Jack. And this has been Common Common Debauchery. Debauchery.